this one question that I try to ask myself is, and, and as an investor, what would it take for me to say that there's no reason why I wouldn't hire a property manager? How much value needs to be created before I say, I'd be stupid to manage this myself. And many property managers are looking at, at price for that. And I am too, quite honestly. I'm looking at that and saying, is it a price factor? Do I, need, do I need to continue to drive down my management rate until it's zero, until it's just so effortless, right? That's an easy sale. Or is it, is it other value that I can provide other services that would make them say, this is a no brainer. I need to hire someone. Everybody, I am so excited for this next panel. Last year, this was a highlight of PMLX. There were so many incredible insights, and, and this is the future of property management panel. And we wanted to talk about the future with the future. So let's introduce the panel. All right, everybody. First person I'm gonna introduce is my man, Randall Henderson. All right, and we're going to bring him up. You can see Jackie there as well, Greg as well. Randall, if you can wave, because I think your name's not public. There he is. Okay. VP at PMI. PMI is growing like a weed. I mean, it's amazing what's going on over there. Um, hundreds of franchises. I know many of them are on with us today. And listen, Randall is not just the dance competition king. Okay. He is. He is. Whenever we get to these conferences and there's a dance party, it may be a costume party. He may be dressed up as Richard Simmons. All right, if you could see the fro and the headband, it was something to behold. There's photos somewhere that somebody's dropping in a Facebook group right now. I know it. Uh, Randall is not just a phenomenal dancer, okay? He's also just a, a fantastic executive. He's a great communicator. He's got some really exciting ideas. He's forward-thinking. He's innovative. Really excited to hear what he's going to have to share today. Randall, thanks for being with us. Next, I'm going to come to Jackie Lee, CEO of Brandywine Homes. And I knew Jackie when she was, well, I knew of Jackie. We didn't know each other very well. We're getting to know each other better. Um, but I knew she was at First Key Homes and really helped them, uh, you know, move some things forward at a scale and operation. Like, here's some no-brainer things we can be doing to really take things forward. She might share some of those ideas. She's currently the CEO of Brandywine Homes, which manages, I think, a little over 2,500 properties across multiple markets. Uh, they're in build-to-rent. They've got institutional investors. They've got a lot of cool things going on, which is really exciting. And her team is with us today. And I can tell you her team is fantastic. They've been really great to meet and work with. Um, but Jackie was in third-party property management. She told me this uh, before working you know, with owner operators and where she is today. Um, third-party property management is where she got her start in this business. And so she's just, it's kind of cool like how she's played in all these different spaces in the industry. And she's got a lot of wisdom to share. I loved uh, our prep call, Jackie, excited for what you've got for today. And then last not least from JWB Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, we've got Greg Cohen. Greg, actually, I met most recently out of everybody on this panel. And I want to give everyone a recommendation, which is to check out the Not Your Average Investor show. Uh, they have an outstanding podcast. And I mean, that's something I would be listening to. If I was in property management today, I'm like, I love what they are doing to educate. We're going to get into this stuff. I don't want to spoil everything we're going to talk about. But Greg's team at JWB, uh, what a great business. And there's not many third-party 
property managers or people who offer third-party property management that have over 4,000 units in a single market. And um, not just Greg, he'll be quick to praise Alex, other people on his team, uh, the entire team there. But, you know, Greg and his entire team have done something pretty unique and grown to a level of scale that's, that's not common to see in a single market. So that just means there's a lot of wisdom and insight uh, across this whole panel that we're excited to tap into. And, and listen, I'm going to dive right in. If you want to pause and, you know, say something to further introduce yourself, these aren't sufficient introductions uh, for, the, for the guests that we have, but feel free to take it where you want. The question I want to pose to the panel first is this. What are some of the trends that you're seeing happening in the world, happening in the industry right now that you believe are important? They're important enough to think about organizing your business around them, right? What are those kind of trends that you're really paying attention to that you think are important that other people should be paying attention to in professional property management? And Greg, if you don't mind, I'm going to come to you first. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for that killer introduction, Andrew. You are just a, a maestro to the max here. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and with such an esteemed group of uh, colleagues here. This is awesome. So, um, you know, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago where, you know, our property management space is something that has just gone through a lot of refinement in the last few years. And one of the things that I think has been lagging as far as refinement is something that can help, can help everybody. It can help property management companies. It can help the owners. It can help the residents. But for some reason, it just really hasn't taken hold. Uh, but it's something that's made an incredible difference in our organization. One of the reasons we've been able to get to over 4,000 units in one market is because we're, we're committed to the long-term lease. And I don't see that happening a lot in property management for a number of reasons, but I can tell you when we committed to doing long-term leases and signing two and three-year leases, uh, our business grew tremendously. Um, it was incredibly appealing to our owners to be able to have uh, consistency and to remove the the major pain points of maintenance and vacancy costs, or at least minimize them significantly. It was amazing for our residents, especially in a time like today where rents are increasing. Um, we, of course, are still able to get rent escalations with our long-term leases. We build them into the lease, but you know, the biggest fear for residents right now is the fear of the unknown. And how much is it going to cost to rent that same home one year from now, two years from now? So you can accomplish rent increases while also creating some stability for the resident. Um, and then, of course, uh, as the property management company, um, when you're able to tie long-term leases into a, a payment structure for yourself uh, where you can create value for long-term leases, but you can also maximize your profit potential, um, you can do that. The thing about it, though, is you have to typically change. You have to change the typical way that property management companies tend to make money. Um, property management companies tend to make money um, and 25 to 50% of their revenue is based on tenant placement fees. If you can scale back that, because you're going to get less of that upfront, but you can make more money by having longer resident stays, having longer ownership for your owners, um, tag on additional ways to make revenue as a property management company by being more vertically integrated and selling the assets, you can create an incredible triple win here. Um, and it's something that I think everybody should be thinking about and going towards and quite frankly, I don't see a lot of property management companies doing it. That's interesting. That's really great, Greg. 
longer term leases. And I, this, I think it's been a contentious conversation when people have raised this before, but I love what you said about there's carve outs for escalations here. And listen, the results speak for itself, what you guys have been able to do with your renewal rates and everything else. I know Chris Clothier at Memphis Invest, they've been talking a lot. It's probably you guys talking to each other, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you are good it's buddy. something that we're, it's something we're seeing and it's something that people should be paying attention to. Love that. Uh, Jackie, can I come to you next? What's a trend that you're saying that people you think should be paying attention to? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think we're really interested in looking at technology and how we can utilize AI, artificial intelligence to move our business, right? We want to find ways that we can make our property managers' jobs and the jobs of the people in the offices much easier. You know, I think the pandemic really started a lot of this where a lot of the smaller property manager companies weren't doing automated showings. They weren't using companies like Tenant Turner and Rently. And the pandemic forced everyone, you've got to do this so you're not showing your house, right? You don't want to go get COVID and um, open a door for a stranger. So I think that jump started a lot of people getting on that bandwagon who maybe not have joined yet. But I want to go even deeper into that. Um, a lot of our different property management softwares are now and now have things like workflows that you can build into, into your system. Companies like RentBridge also can like help you with those type of um, automations that you can build. Um, you know, we've even started looking at smart homes. Um, we're actually in the middle of a partnership with this to make the whole process for our property managers faster, right? We want them to be able to complete their jobs simply. Right? We don't want to make it harder for them. Um, you know, in the smart home integration that we're working on, it's so interesting to see how a property manager has to go through to move out a tenant and then go put a lockbox on a house and change a code and put that back into the system, right? When you go and move to something like a smart home system, you're able to literally at the click of a button, you push move out, it's changed the codes. Nobody has to go there. It's moved them out of the system. It's done all the charges for you, really freeing your property manager up to do what they do best, right? And that's working with your residents and providing an excellent resident experience for them. Um, but yeah, for, for us, AI and really moving towards technology um, in new ways, I think is, is the biggest trend for us and really what we're focused on for 2021 and 2022. Hmm. Jackie, I'm so glad you shared that. I see Randall's head nodding, Greg's head nodding. I'm imagining hundreds of property managers in their, in their Zoom rooms, their heads nodding. And just as soon as you say process automation, it just, I have to give a shout out to RentBridge, our event co-host. And this is something they have been focused on. They may not be the only person to work with on this. You know, somebody could try to do this themselves, but we, we do know a lot of our customers who have worked with RentBridge. This is what they, fo they focus on. Uh, you know, if that's something you're, you're focused on in your business, I'd encourage uh, you to reach out to RentBridge and, and, and see where a conversation might go there. Jackie, some great examples. Thank you for that. All right, Randall, bring us home. What right. trends, what, what do we got? Here's the thing. I don't want to be an alarmist, but I'm going to be that guy. The future of property management is changing very, very rapidly. And it's a result of pressures that we felt slowly moving and changing over the years. But this last year, the economy has changed significantly in a way that we've never seen before. And guys, if you're not thinking about what the impacts of those changes are in your business, you need to stop looking down and start looking down the road a little bit because things are changing quickly. I'll give you an example. This, in, this recession that we're in right now, which we're still in this recession, is a very abnormal. 
we do not see vacancy rates at this level in a typical recession. So what does that mean? We have, we have, very, we have very low vacancy rates. For a recession, nobody really knows what that means yet. Um, multifamily home starts, average um, rental gross yields falling. And so what does that impact have on you? But the big thing that I want to talk about is what Greg mentioned. And by the way, I loved both Greg and Jackie's comments, and I fully echo those. If you don't have process automation, you need to start there. And you need to be thinking about technology and leveraging that with the partners that are on this call or otherwise, because that is the future. But guys, single family investing has now gone mainstream. And so what that means is that your average investor today looks very different than they did 20 years ago. So the accessibility of an, of an investment property, like the kinds that Jack or that Greg and his company are building, that is that has become and changed the, the nature of the investment. What does that do to property management? You have to think about that. If things go mainstream and an investor feels a problem on a property, in the past, do they manage it themselves or do they outsource it to a third party? Well, when you get a whole new crop of investors, you're going to have a bunch of smart people who say there's a better way to do this. And so the fear that I have and, and looking forward down the future is what value is the property manager if the technology continues to accelerate faster than I can keep up? So um, Thad and Andrew and I highly recommend going back and watching that triple win session. They talked about this gap between a professional property manager and a self-managed and what services are provided because we are all trying to widen that gap. But there are groups who are trying just as hard to shrink that gap. And some of those groups have a lot of money. We're talking billions of dollars of money. Uh, and so you may be thinking Zillow, but also think about some of the other potential players in the space, people who already touch home sales, who decide that they don't want to give up the property management anymore. People like Keller Williams or others who are in the space or, or a, a new interloper that we don't know about or haven't seen yet. So as you guys think about what that what impact that might have on your business, I would recommend just thinking about what services are you providing that can differentiate you from somebody who can do it on their phone? We know that 66% of investors already do it themselves. So we have to think about how we break into that space. Otherwise, my fear is that we're going to continue to shift more away from third-party property management as it becomes easier for people. So having said that, I'm not a pessimist. I'm looking ahead and saying, how do I get in front of it? How do I team with those people? How do I get in the apps? How do, I, how do I become more useful to them? And so I know it's kind of a lot, and, and I, I guess that's a good place to start. Randall, I love what you said um, and how you brought that all together. Um, just want to reiterate to everybody that this is the mission we're on. This is like the shared purpose of everybody that's in this conference event today, which is we've heard people say, Andrew, are you like my friends outside of the industry? who are in like technology companies, other places, they're like, why do 500 of your customers, prospects, like why do these people get together, share ideas, right? Share what they're doing, share what's working, collaborate, cooperate when 
like that's their competition. And what we clarify is that's actually not the competition. It's the 66% of people that Randall mentioned are choosing to not work with a professional property manager. And you know what? If you want to go alone, I don't even need to talk about this group of people because you're on this call, right? So <laughs> you're, you're not that person. But the reason it makes sense to collaborate, the reason it makes sense to work together is we can get much further. We can get much faster. We can collaborate and align right all of our resources, our thinking, et cetera, to take this industry forward where, again, we expand that gap between the professional and the choice available to the self-manager. We make it not, uh, not a swimming pool size. We make it a Grand Canyon right size gap between those two parties. And it starts to attract more of that 66% to say, we're going to not compare these two things. It's forced a choice, and this is the obvious choice. This is what we need to do. We need to work with a professional property manager. So, so if that's... Andrew, I, I, tot I totally agree. I just want to point out just one question that I try to ask myself is, and, and as an investor, what would it take for me to say that there's no reason why I wouldn't hire a property manager? How much value needs to be created before I say, I'd be stupid to manage this myself? And many property managers are looking at, at price for that. And I am too, quite honestly. I'm looking at that and saying, is it a price factor? Do I, need, do I need to continue to drive down my management rate until it's zero, until it's just so effortless, right? That's an easy sale. Or is it, is it other value that I can provide other services that would make them say, this is a no-brainer. I need to hire someone. Sorry, Andrew, didn't mean to interrupt. This is the perfect segue, Randall, to our next question, which is to expand this gap from swimming pool size to Grand Canyon size. It's about making change. And, and one thing you said that was just a salient point was if the change outside of your business exceeds the change inside of your business, you're out of business. It's a matter of time, right? That's not my quote, by the way. If that sounded really smart, it's because it's someone else's quote, Jeff Hoffman, uh, check out the podcast. But if the rate of change outside your business exceeds the rate of change inside your business, it will be a matter of time before you're out of business. And so property managers are asking, how can we create not incremental change, exponential change, exchange, right, in this industry together? And it's about creating the best experiences for residents, investors, your team. And so let's get into that with this group and let's talk some practical steps. So let's start with the investor experience since that's kind of where this conversation's gone to at this point. And something we believe, Greg, that I believe JW believes as well, is turning what people call owners into investors, right? And solving the churn problem. You guys haven't gotten to 4,000 units under management by losing 30% of your units every year, year over year. And so the long-term lease plays into that, but what are some of the other things that play into that. You bring up a great point. I mean, for, for us, when we bring on a client, it's much more than just selling a house. It's really understanding what that investor's goals are. And there's a tremendous amount of education and molding and just flat out being a great resource for that client. Um, because at the end of the day, what we share with our owners is that the way you win in rental properties is by holding for a full market cycle. Flat out. That's what the numbers dictate because real estate is cyclical and things tend to return to the normal appreciation rates when you go out over a full market cycle, which is 10 to 20 years. 
right? So we share that with our clients up front. In fact, if clients, you know, are not on board to be a long-term buy and hold investor, we, we share with them, hey, listen, we might not be the right fit for you because we're here to help you achieve your greatest return on investment. So there's just so much education and relationship building uh, before you ever look at a property or before you ever take on management for, for a client, just to make sure that we look at this the same way. And if independently you come to the same conclusion, which I think we all do, that buying and holding for a full market cycle is in that investor's best interest. And if that investor also convinces themselves that the best opportunity for them is to buy and hold for a full market cycle, they're probably going to stay. Your business, your business is probably going to grow year over year over year. You're probably going to reduce your churn problem. And at the end of the day, the best thing about it is, is that you're doing something great for your owner. Many owners just have no clue uh, how actual profit centers work in rental property investing. So it's a wonderful feeling to be able to share that with somebody. And at the end of the day, that is a significant driver of growth for your property management company. When you look three, five, you know, we've been in business for 15 years now. I mean, that at the core of it is why very few clients sell their properties with us. And Greg, I One feel quick, like you won't get that out of the property management software. You know what I mean? You, you, it doesn't, it doesn't view it through that lens. So you guys have obviously created something on your side. Is that fair to say? hundred percent. And I just, I love what you were talking about as far as trends and Andrew, I loved what you were talking about as far as you know, what we can do to widen that gap, right? I think what we can do is to be that resource far beyond just collecting rent. We can be that, you know, almost like a financial advisor. We need to think of ourselves not as property managers because that tends to be commoditized, right? Think of yourself as somebody who's controlling that financial asset or that portfolio of assets for your, for your owners. Um, and, and then they will never leave, right? They will never leave if you can look at that through that type of a lens. Hmm. Really powerful. I want to come to Jackie because I know her, her team, this is something they do. It's, they're not just property managers. There's an asset management, we could call it, type of skill or discipline that they embrace here, a larger role to create a better experience. Before we do, Greg, you know, I just, I, I've noticed this about you and your company that you have a lot of customers who like they start with one or two, right? But now they have five. Now they have 10. Now they have eight, right? And can you talk a little bit about, is it the podcast? Is it other things you guys are doing? Like, how are you getting people not to sell their homes and try to time the market, but actually bring on more inventory that they work, uh, bring to you? Um, I'm glad you asked about that too. You know, I find very few uh, property management companies think of themselves as that, that asset manager, like Jackie, I'm sure will speak on as well. And we, we view ourselves that way as well. Well, we take it one step farther uh, during the onboarding process for a client, we actually build out their financial plan when it comes to rental properties. So before somebody actually brings a property over to us or happens to be buying their first property with us, we have already had that conversation about what their goals are. We've understood how many assets they're going to need in their portfolio. We've understood exactly what resources they have today. We understand how what type of resources they can commit to this plan in an ongoing fashion over the next 10 years. We've mapped out how many what years they are going to purchase these properties. We even run scenarios with them and say, okay, well, this is what the plan dictates today. What happens if the market appreciates faster and we can do a cash out refinance in three years and speed this plan up? We love thinking of ourselves as financial engineers. And to me, what that means is that we have the ability to take 
that pile of money that an investor wants to bring to us and not ask them to bring any more, but take that same pile of money and help them accomplish whatever their monthly passive income goal is two years earlier. And so we have all of these conversations and we have a detailed plan in place before they ever bring their first property over to us. And then we have annual reviews where we sit down and we say, okay, let's take a look at at how we're doing as, as far as our estimated return on investment. Let's take a look at how we're doing compared to our overall plan. Um, how is how are your resources, right? Did you get that new promotion? Did you get that new job? Do we have more resources to put into play here? Does it make sense to do this quicker? Does it make tense, sense to, to delay it? Uh, so that level of detail is something we spend a lot of time, a lot of time doing right up front. And it serves so well so that the next time that we have that communication with that client, which we talk to clients every month. So we talk to them more of a transactional basis, but we have annual reviews with them as well. And when the time comes up that their next buying plan date has already been set, we're talking to them three, four months in advance. Okay, let's get prepared. Let's take a look. Let's make sure we're looking at inventory. And it's just really regimented. And so it it creates stability for that client. Again, I love stability in business, right? Stability and growth at the same time, right? It creates stability for that client. They know exactly what resources they're committing. They know what the plan is. For JWB, over half of our sales come from repeat sales. So for us as a growing business, it's, it obviously makes a big impact there. Um, so it's, it's just a little bit of, well, let me say, it's a lot of hard work on the front end. Uh, and, and, and that has paid dividends. Mm. Wow. All right. I think Greg gets a t-shirt. Uh, what do you guys think? Put it in the chat. <laughs> there were some nuggets in there, Greg. Great shares. Um, Jackie, can you talk a little bit about owners, investor experience? We, I love what you shared in our, our prep conversation. We'd love to hear some of that here. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks so much, Greg, for your comments. I love the financial review that you do with the individual investors. And Really, from the way we look at it, it's, it's very similar, right? We're just working on a much larger scale with these institutional investors. Um, you know, and as a property manager, usually you're really focused on the NOI, the bottom line. How much are they making? Um, but the bigger investor groups you you start managing, the more KPIs that there are that that are really important. You know, a couple of those things are, you know, there's renewal rate increase percentages year over year lease increase percentages, the blended rates, um, you know, your days on market, your maintenance as a percentage of income, all of these things become you know, really, really important as their portfolios grow. Um, and if you're not familiar with where do you find those KPIs and how do I know if I'm doing good, there's a lot of really great resources out there that you can follow to see what other people are doing. You know, I love downloading the you know, invitation home reports and the American Homes Friends report and looking at all of their KPIs and then matching them up to mine. Um, and then we like to tell our owners where they benchmark against that. And I think that's really helpful, even as a smaller property management company, where you can take all of your owners and figure out their benchmarks and say, hey, you know, you're doing better than X percent of my portfolio. Um, and here's why, right? You're able to interpret why a portfolio is doing better or worse than another one. Maybe it's the age of the home. Maybe it's the condition of the home. And you're able to make um, assumptions and make uh, suggestions for what to do so they can increase that ROI. Um, but there's just a lot of options out there for you. I think that one thing I would say, if you don't follow people like, you know, John Burns um, or any of these other real estate companies, you don't even have to subscribe to him. Just follow him and he'll put little nuggets out there of information that you can pull off and see, oh, look, you know, the average rent percent increase in my market is 13% year over year. I'm at 10 
What am I doing wrong? And how can I fix that? Um, but these are the sort of things that we present to institutional investors so that they can help us um, you know, move and guide the portfolio. Mm. The, the transparency and the quality of reporting that you're talking about, the quality communication, and probably what you guys see as a theme, if you're listening to this, is there's proactive right, communication. There's proactive education going on here. And it's immediately at onboarding and through the process, getting people thinking longer term, right? Not, did I get my rent check this month on time or not? <laughs> How are we thinking about things in a longer term point of view start, starting to work there? And Jackie, like the kind of value of just a little bit of education of here's how you're performing, whether it's against a REIT or an operator, whether it's against your other people in your portfolio. And hey, the performance might be lower in some scenarios, but then educating as to why, right? But it's like, hey, but consider like the type of asset, right? That's over here versus, you know, what we're doing here. And so here's why this is working the way that it is. We're doing well. Here's a couple things we can do together, right? To help you get the results that you want. This is good stuff. This is, I should have known, but uh, <laughs> this, is, this say, is really good. Th Go ahead, Randall. I just heard a masterclass from Jackie and Greg on customer retention and creating investors from a single single property owner. I just love that. So kudos to you guys. I hope that all of you out there were taking copious notes about what Greg and Jackie were saying. That's, that is just how you grow. It's, it's what, what value you add. So imagine being one of their customers and, and what you're seeing and how someone is managing your investments on a different level. Property managers were never thought of in that way. And as we make that, that shift, that creates immense value that, that provides relevance in the space. Thanks, Jackie and Greg. That was awesome. My pleasure, Randall. Appreciate it, bud. Absolutely. All right. Before we run out of time, because people want to know what's the crazy crap we're going to auction off before this thing is over. We, we got to make time for that. Let's move to a, a next segment here. So we've talked about investor experience. There's some great gold there. Let's talk about resident experience next. And what are some of the innovative things that you've done, are doing, are thinking about doing to impact the resident experience? And Jackie, I'd like to come to you first for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that I like to do is we try to take a step back and anticipate what that resident's needs are going to be, right? You think about when I move, what do I have to do? Um, and so what we see with a lot of people is they need a moving truck, right? They need moving supplies. I've even seen property, some property management companies in my town partner with U-Haul and you can go to your office, pay your security deposit and, and rent a U-Haul at the same place. There's some really innovative stuff out there, um, but also offering them conveniences just like the second nature uh, filter delivery service. We know we're forcing them to change their filters. Why not give it to them on their doorstep and you know that they're going to go put them in there. You know, we've gone a step further with, with our bill front communities. We've noticed a lot of people asking for washers and dryers. Okay, well, we're gonna go and we're gonna partner with the washer and dryer company and they can rent them and we might make some ancillary revenue. So will the owner, there's a little triple win there. Um, but there's just a lot of different things that you can offer your residents when you think about what they need um, on, a, on a regular basis. Um, we're even talking to some companies who offer things like dog walking, right? They offer maid services. There's a lot of companies out there that you can partner with um, to offer these things to your residents and also make ancillary revenue on top of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about anticipation of what 
those residents are going to need in their properties. I want to I want to respond, but I, I want to get around to to Randall and Greg next first. So Randall, let's pick yeah, it up. Yeah, I love all those ideas, Jack. Yeah, just to add to that, um, like for example, we manage we touch about eighty five thousand properties right now, but imagine how many other people are involved in those properties. So how many tenants do we turn away because they didn't apply in time or because they didn't qualify? How many owners' homes are we touching on a regular basis and what, what value are, you, are we providing to them? So as you look at who you're actually touching, that information becomes so valuable. Like Andrew and Thad have been um, amazing at Second Nature at identifying just one small piece of that service that can be provided. Well, as Jackie mentioned, there are so many other ones and you control the information that there is immense value in having that data. And I'm talking about every person that touches your company or calls or interacts with you in any way, shape or form. That's an opportunity for you. And so if you're not thinking about those added value and added services, definitely consider just doing one at a time or adding one here, one there, but then starting to expand and build that out. So not much to add on what Jackie said beyond that. That's great. Greg? Yeah, I'm just going to lean into the theme of convenience for your residents. Convenience and stability. Let's go back to my favorite word of the day right now, stability, right? Stability starts with helping them understand what their financial responsibilities are going to be years in advance. That's that's where it starts, and that's a big reason why residents do like long-term leases. Uh, throughout that lease, you know, we find that the major reason that residents leave is because they feel like their property management team isn't responding to them. Uh, in a timely manner, especially at their time of need. So, you know, we have really leaned into uh, phone, text, email communications with our residents. I mean, simple things um, that we do, you know, if we were all together here uh, on a text chat and we had to take a picture of something that was broken in our house, I could send it to you, Andrew, and you'd see a picture. Well, you know, that's what residents want. So residents are able to send pictures of their issue And this is a great thing because we're able to diagnose the issue. We might be able to respond uh, over the phone and actually solve the issue right there for them, which is great for the resident because it gets solved. And it's great for the owner because we're able to save costs. So, you know, leaning in there. And then one other thing that we did this year that's had a really wonderful response, you know, online payments obviously are are much more standard now. and, And that really works well. We love online payments. But there's a portion of our residents that just still are not comfortable doing online payments. And our office is still close uh, for residents. People cannot come to the office and drop rent off, um, even with cashier's checks or anything like that. So what we did is we partnered with uh, Western Union for our residents to be able to go to any of the Western Union locations and be able to pay rent and worked it out with our system so that easily could be able to to be managed. Um, Was a huge savings of time and a major efficiency for our business and able to serve those residents that still do not want to do the online payment Uh, for whatever reason. So hopefully that can help as well. This is really great stuff. You're hearing a lot of leaders in the industry thinking about, again, what a self-managing landlord that may not have online payments, multiple payment options, you know, things like this, that's a differentiator, right? You heard Randall and Jackie talking about value add services from utility connection concierge, credit building, washer dryer rental, even the moving experience, uh, filter delivery, et cetera. You know, all of this coming together as part of the, you've probably heard if you were in the resident experience breakout, resident benefits packages, obviously Second Nature is a big believer in this, whether you work with Second Nature or not, you know, that packaging those things up 
all of those experiences that you're creating, all of those services that you're doing to bring value add, right, that differentiate you as a professional, it's one of the critical, it's the vehicle in which you put all these things, right, all these passengers over time. And like Randall said, if you need to add one or two at a time, right, that's how you do it. If there's a way to get a bunch of them all at once, there's ways to do that. Um, but it's only going to get more complicated, more complex. There's only going to be more services. There's only going to be more opportunities in the years ahead. And so getting that car on the road, right, so that you can add passengers in over time, it's something that professionals need to be doing so they can be driving from a swimming pool distance to a Grand Canyon distance. Um, let's get to team, team experience. So, Randall, I want to come to you first of you know, keeping and retaining talent in this business. What are, you know, the kind of leadership practices? What, what does PMI believe in, in order to um, really attract great people, retain great people, uh, and create a great experience, a great business for people to be in? What thoughts come to mind? Culture is big for us. Um, the entrepreneurship mindset. So we actually, we have a list of core values that we believe and practice every day. And we actually hire based on those and try to bring in franchisees that embody those. So to give you an example of that, we, um, we sell about five or six franchises a month right now. But if we don't have someone who has that entrepreneurship mentality, that like growth mindset, who's innovative, um, energetic. That's another one that we believe in integrity and have fun just to name the rest. But, um, if they don't embody those ideals, then, um, they're not going to make our family a richer place or a better culture. And so we pass on them. Um, we've, we've tried to, and, and those don't come about because of, you know, a mandate from the top down, they come, they come about grassroots up. So involving your team in deciding what are the core values that you want to hire based on, that you want to have, if you can envision one person who, if you could multiply that person, would change your company, what are the things about that person that you love, and then get everyone's buy-in on those specific core values. So what I'm kind of hinting at is, is a lot of the principles of EOS that we firmly believe in and use to run our company every day. But that's kind of, um, kind of just some high-level stuff that we believe in fully as culture. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Jackie, I mean, your team is here with us today. Uh, you've got them here. Anything you'd like to say about that or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, for me and Brandywine Homes, it's really important for us to provide growth and development opportunities. I, I think it's it's paramount that we work on our team members, that we allow them to have their own dreams and what they want to do with their lives and support them in that. For some of them, they want they want to get a new broker's license. Sometimes it's an assistant who wants to get their real estate license. That's great. But sometimes you get somebody who wants to do something completely different, and that's okay too. Um, you know, we're here to help grow and develop people. And sometimes, you know, I actually have a fun story from a previous company where you know I had a receptionist. She was an amazing receptionist. Um, never wanted to lose her, but she said, you know, I want to get my real estate license. And this is a company that you can't have, you can't do real estate sales. But we're going to support you and you can do what you want. And, you know, she eventually left. But when when they leave, they leave with a much better attitude. They're allowing you to backfill their role. There's a succession plan there. You know where they're going. And now that same girl is coming back to us and probably going to join us as a third-party agent, right? It all comes full circle. When you give back to your team and you invest in their growth and development, it's going to come back to you as well. Um 
but yeah, my, my team is here. They're amazing. I love all of them. Um, and we, one thing that I, that I do, um, we try to work on is frequent one-on-one sessions with your direct reports, I think are so important. Find out what makes them tick, find out what motivates them, find out what, what they have problems with, where you can help, where you can step in. Um, you know, a lot of times people aren't, um, willing to to talk in a group setting, right? And having that direct one-on-one discussion, I think is so important for the growth of your people and the growth of your team overall. Awesome. Greg? I mean, I'm smiling because it's like I'm sharing one brain with Jackie and Randall here. And Andrea, I know you're of the same, right? This culture is critical for growing any business and our property management businesses are no different. You know, People will talk about, you know, the fact that Randall and Jackie and Andrew are here you know, sharing these secrets and saying, geez, you know, why, why aren't they more close to, to knowing what they know and, and all of that? And at the end of the day, you know, all the things that we do can easily be learned um, through a little bit of experience or knowing folks, right? The execution of what we do is more difficult, but the concepts that we do as really first-in-class property management companies are not hard, all right? The, the thing that none of our competition can ever replicate is our culture. It is the talent. And it's that special thing that you do that makes your talent want to be there every single day and stay with you. If you have an organization that has mastered that, you're going to grow. You're going to do great things. Um, so the culture is, is critical for our success. Now, I'd echo exactly what Randall and Jackie said. Um, a couple of things that I was just going to add, just thinking about things that we implemented early on that helped us attract really top talent. I find that many people aren't aware of this, but you know how impactful it is when you win a best places to work award, right? It is a game changer. And we started to apply for these, I don't know, 10 years ago here in Jacksonville. And, you know, at that point, our, our property management company was relatively young um, overall, our company was five years old, and so we were relatively young. And we had a group of probably 25 or 30 employees there that just loved us and loved our organization. So we were really blessed to win the award for best places to work. And as soon as we started winning that award, and we've won it seven or eight times now, the amount of talent that has come to us from that, I mean, people go and they search best places to work in Jacksonville or wherever your location may be. And that's one of their first places to go and try and find a job if they are focused on culture. And it's really easy. You don't have to be this, you know, best in class company yet to be applying for some of these awards that are more locally um, locally available. So I would, I would recommend that. Do that as soon as possible. Look into your local market and see if there are some of those awards, fastest growing companies, best places to work, because they can really help you attract the right talent. We did the same thing, Greg. It's funny to hear that. Love right. that story. Game changer. Yep. I'm taking notes, guys. I'm going for it. <laughs> That's awesome. What a, what a morale booster. What a point of pride. What, a, what's, you know, What's something that they are going to share on their own personal social media page and say, this is where I work, right? I'm proud to work here. Um, you know, and that can be, that can feel difficult at times in property management, right? When people are in the trenches, when they are dealing with upset people, stuck between upset people's money, stuck between their expectations, everything else that we know, everyone here has dealt with on a daily basis and, 
having these kind of uh, rallying points and rallying events, the kind of appreciation, uh, the kind of one-to-one contact, you know, that Jackie was talking about of giving people space and care and building a relationship with our people. You know, these are the kind of things that help bring out the best in every person. And when you think about the entire professional property management industry and everybody bringing their best to work every day, right? I'm optimistic like Randall uh, that I like our chances, right? <laughs> I like our chances if that's what we're doing and that's how we're showing up every day in addition to creating better resident experiences, better investor experiences, which is going to create a better experience for your team, right? So everybody, I wanna express immense gratitude to this panel, uh, and I just wanna express some thanks uh, again to each of you for taking the time and, and sharing generously with us today. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew, you've been awesome. Wonderful experience, super. Hey guys, just remember, that people dumber than you succeed at this every day. I'm an example of that. So keep moving forward. <laughs> That's what got me through the first year of parenthood right there. That's right, Greg. <laughs> Love that. That's all for this episode of The Triple Win. Thanks go out to Carol Housel and Jeff Tucker for everything they do to put these episodes together. And we want to remind everyone that you can find more resources, upcoming events, a link to our private Facebook group where the conversation continues in between these episodes with other professional property managers. All of that you can find at rbp.secondnature.com. Again, that's rbp.secondnature.com. And until next time, keep transforming what it means to be in professional property management by finding and applying your next triple win. We want it to be true that every time we see you, we see a better version of you and your business. With that, cheers. Cheers.